9.35 in the morning in Australia, from Sydney to Melbourne, to Perth to Brisbane, to the Gold Coast. The whole nation is watching. This is the long-awaited moment. moment he is now officially the wizard of Oz from down under to on top of the world Jim Yeah, thank you for joining us for a special podcast for a special week in sport, Masters Week, where the grass is greener, the shots are crisper and the couch is more comfortable than ever. Friday morning through until Monday morning, if you're in the position of myself, Daniel Garb, and the man joining me in the studio today, and I'm sure all of you listening, uh, in Warren Smith, Fox Sports Golf commentator. Warren, hello to you. Daniel, it's great to be here and great to be talking about the Masters. It's the most it, – it is – I mean, the Open is great. The US Open and the USPGA are pretty good too. But the Masters and the Open are the two big events. But the Masters is something about just going back to the same course every year. We yep. know all the holes. We've seen the coverage for so long, especially the back nine going all the way back to when Greg Norman burst onto the scene. And then in the last 10 years or so, we've seen the front nine. Because we never used to see the front nine yep. on the coverage. It was a big mystery. Then the mystery was removed. And we know all these holes back to front now. And we'll talk about the course in a moment as well. But... Um, just that familiarity and the you know the tinkly music on the coverage that goes around <laughs> the world. It's it's just like an old glove, like an old cardigan. Yeah. You slip it on in early April each year. It's perfect. You wake up on, on Friday morning at six seven a.m. and you might be a bit bleary eyed, but within an instant you just you're <laughs> up and about, aren't you? You because are. It is. It's so special. And we do have a sponsor for this podcast today, uh, Smithy. I'll let you do the honours because you live on these things. Well, BioGlan. Thank you to BioGlan for looking after us as far as this uh, podcast is concerned but and yeah normally you know you hear these sort of plugs and live reads for, for <laughs> products and you go yeah yeah but we know you don't use it well i can tell you biogland throat rapid action throat clear lozenges <laughs> now this is i'm not making this up this is no bs i use these between february and october and in fact at any time i'm doing commentary i use biogland throat clear lozenges <laughs> so a w smith recommendation because they are and i've tried them all the Manuka Honey ones, <laughs> uh, you know, all the other brands of lozenges out there, but the best ones because they're not sugary, like you won't put weight on sucking on these. There's something about them, um, just the herbal lozenges, they are perfect and they keep my throat going through all the screaming and carrying on during the NRL season in particular. That is what keeps the golden tonsils golden of Warren Smith. And they are a sponsor of the Masters Channel, Fox Sports Channel 505. You don't need much else over the next uh, five days or so, that is for sure. I was watching some of it last night. It's awesome. And this man, our special guest, you can probably hear him in the background because he's got a, a phone line as clear as the broadcast from Augusta. That is Fox Sports Golf commentator, host of the golf show and, uh, and former pro, of course, in Paul Gow. He's on the line from Georgia. Gowie, hello to you. Oh, g'day, fellas. What an exciting time of the year. The first 
the first major of the year, and uh, I tell you what, it, it's exciting over here for sure. I'm sure it is. I mean, what's it like? We know it's exciting. We know it's brilliant. I've never had the pleasure of going there, nor has, has no. Warren Smith. Um, everyone just says it's amazing. It's amazing. Why? Why is it so amazing, Gal? Are you there now? Well, it's a bit like um, Warren said. Like, like it's the it's at the same golf course. There's history that's on. It's only been here eighty odd years, but there's been history being made, and every year the golf course. It's just immaculate, and the way that the Augusta National um, members put this together um, is incredible. I walk into the facility every time I bend down and I pick up a bit of grass because it actually doesn't look real. It's amazing. <laughs> the, the grass doesn't look real. The, the golf course is Disneyland for adult golfers. It's an amazing bit, and you like I, I watch people walk in and their mouths are just open of the undulation and the elevation and and the course itself, and, you know, there's just not a stone unturned. It's it's amazing how they run this, and it's it's all on their terms, and um, there's rules and regulations, and oh, it's an amazing place. And if you talk to the players, mm. this is the one they want to win. This is it. This is the one they win. You know, if they win a PGA Championship, that's, that's great, but they want to win the Masters. It's a life changer, isn't it? And, and Adam Scott, watching back his victory in, in 2013, you could tell that it, it changed his life and it's the same for, for so many others. It is the Holy Grail. What have you done so far over the last few days, Gary? You've been there th- since the end of, of last week. What's been keeping you busy as we build up to the first round? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be here for the inaugural um, Augusta National Women's Amateur event and you know, 72 of the best play, women amateur players in the world played two days out at... Uh, at another golf course at Champions uh, Retreat. And then the final round, which is uh, for only for 20 players, was at Augusta National. But the girls who didn't make the cut, they got to have a practice round on the Friday. And there was a young girl here, Julian Sue from Melbourne, yeah. uh, who goes to college over here, young girl. She, she was there for the first time. Her mum and dad were here, and I followed them. And then a story for the golf show. And um, amazing, you know, the, the event itself and – uh, Jennifer Cupco, who won it, I'll tell you what, when she turns pro in the next month or so, uh, she's going to light up that LPGA, that's for sure, because she can play. And it was exciting, 20-odd thousand people there on the sad day to watch the final round. Hmm. And the course looked as good as it ever does for the actual Masters event itself this week. Um, speaking of the course, Gowie, there's been some changes. There are always a couple of tweaks here and there. And I don't know if everybody knows. I mean, some listening to this podcast would know. But the course actually closes uh, for the end of spring through summer uh, in the US time. So we get to about the middle of May and the course actually shuts down until around about October. So they get that time to tweak the course. And one of the changes they've made this time around before the 2019 edition of the Masters, is lengthening the fifth hole by some 40 yards. Because over the years, there have been lots of changes, lots of length added to it. In the last 20 years, they tried to tiger-proof the course when Tiger burst onto the scene and add some length there. That didn't work because he kept winning uh, Masters, quite obviously. How much talk is there about this lengthened fifth hole and, and the little tweaks they make to the course? Yeah, well, it's quite well. They, they they make sort of tweaks every year of some sort, and 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 one of the little um, you know, mysteries they do is is when they pull the golf course up. So they pull pull a lot of the grass up around, um, and they can move greens at different times, and they want to see if players can actually recognise the changes. But you know, a significant change like the uh, the fifth hole, it, it it turns that hole back into what they originally designed it for. You know, the bunkers up the left, and it was originally the green is accessible with a run-up shot and that's how they've always wanted you to play it but because the 
boys are hitting it so far. They're carrying these traps. They're hitting wedges into this hole. They've, they've ducked it back there, and I'll tell you what, it's a different hole, and I think you'll see it, it's quite of an awkward tee shot. It doesn't look much different, but with the way the bunkers are set and there's a little few overhanging uh, trees on your left-hand side there, it's actually quite a shoot to get out of that hole, and all the players couldn't wait to get to that hole to, to see what sort of club they were hitting in there, and they were hitting you know sevens and sixes there because the golf course is soft. It's They've had the sub-air going for about a week now trying to get the moisture out of the ground. That's the... <laughs> The system they've got, which is, oh, I don't know how much that would be worth, but it sucks all the moisture out of the ground and um, they're doing their best to make it as, as firm and fast, but we've had a few storms. So the golf course is soft. The greens are a little bit slow and players coming off Mark Leishman and, and um, Adam Scott, who I interviewed today, said the greens are a little bit slower uh, on a Monday than they normally are. So, But I would expect, you know, we've got a storm coming through tomorrow. I think by Thursday they'll they'll whack on that sub air and next thing they'll be quick again. That's interesting. Are we going to go through the Aussies as part of uh, our rundown today? We'll look at them all in in detail. The big four that are there, all the big contenders. There are so many this year. We'll give you our selections as well and uh, have a look at a couple of other big names, including the big cat in Tiger Woods. So before we get onto all that stuff, though, Gary, you mentioned the greens there. The golfers always talk about how more how difficult the greens are at Augusta compared to the other majors, how big of a challenge it is. Can you give us some insight into why it's so hard to stop the ball and putt on this golf course and what makes it such a big challenge? Well, it's all about the – it's not the driving on this golf course because they're quite wide open fairways. It's the second shot, which is, the you know, you need to control the spin on your golf ball and the distance control that's needed to get the ball on the right platform so you don't have that 30-footer mm. that's got 10 or 12, 12 <laughs> feet of break on it. Like, it's quite funny when you get to nine, there's guys that are aiming 30 feet to the right and a right to left down the hill, and it's uh, – even in their practice rounds, that's what they're practicing. And um, it's amazing the caddies here, the – you know, the, the local caddies, that they read them no problem. But these players come back. You know, Adam Scott been here for eight. I think this is his 18th year that he's been here. Wow. He's still getting used to this, and he's a tournament winner around here. So, you know, under-reading these putts because they just – you don't think they're going to move as much. And they can make you look silly. Mm. So the, all the patrons that come out and watch, you know, they're – you know they're, they're they're quite amazed with how how bad some of the players putt. But the greens are there's a lot of movement in there. I don't think I've ever been to a golf course, and I can't. I don't think. And Warren, you might help me here. Is there a golf course in Australia that have got this much movement in the uh, in the greens? I don't think there is. No, I, not really. I mean, the Sandbelt greens at Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath and Metropolitan, because they get them so quick, they can't get the sort of same, and I guess the same at Augusta. I mean, the, the greens, greens can be very quick, but, you know, uh, when they were designed... Uh, back in the early 1930s with Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones and Marion Hollands there um, working out what they were going to do with this property in Augusta, Georgia. Um, you know, the green speeds were probably were probably running at seven, you know, on the stint meter. And, and if you're familiar with the stint yep. meter, it's just a, a little it's a piece of metal. You roll the ball off and how far the ball travels, that's the, the number on the stint meter rating. And, you know, greens have got quicker and quicker and quicker with agronomy changes and just machinery. Uh, they can cut the greens a lot lower than they could do when the green greens were built so they've tried to keep some of those characteristics quite obviously of the greens there at Augusta but you know at places like Royal Melbourne and others where the greens are phenomenally quick on the sand belt they just can't get that sort of elevation change and those undulations through the greens so it is it's not unique in the world of golf but it's as far as this level of <laughs> golf 
It is pretty unique, isn't it? Golf nerds like myself are enthralled by this, but at the same time, there's probably some people driving off the road at the moment at the prospect of, <laughs> of putting on greens like that. And I mean, it is. It's frightening if you love your golf because you know what it can it can do to you. And when it scares the pros, I mean, you know just how daunting a prospect this is, but how special a tournament it is. And it's provided so many special moments over the years, and that's why we love the Masters. So before we get into a full preview of this year's tournament, I thought we'd all pick a, a standout Masters moment just to, to whet the appetite. With that in mind, we've removed the two obvious ones, and these can be positive moments, they can be negative moments. We can't we, talk about the shark? We've got to remove... They're the two <laughs> obvious ones. We know about shark in 96. We know about oh, Adam Scott winning it. That. We know about Adam Scott winning it. Every single Australian... What about the shark in 87? Can we talk about that? If Go for your life. But those are the two that stand out. So I've asked you both, and I've got one as well, to pick out a standout, standout Masters moment. Smith, you can lead us off. Well, for mine, I think the most electrifying images and, and moment we saw... In Masters history, and certainly in the last 20 years or so, was Tigers chipping mm. from the back of 16 against Crystal mm. Marco. And as it turns out, they end up in the playoff, and Tiger wins, and w- which turns out the last time he won the Masters. It's 14 <laughs> years since Tiger wow. last won the Masters, and that chipping proved to be crucial. But it was just the perfect scenario as far as a televisual sporting moment because here he is, you've got the build-up and he's prowling, literally prowling around the green, looking at that slope. He's going to run it up there on the back right corner of the green. He's going to feed back down towards the hole. And he had it all planned out, hit the chip perfectly, and then it hangs on the edge <laughs> with the Nike logo yes. staring the camera in the face and it looked as low as going to stop and then you see Tiger and Stevie Williams and they're like they're like almost hunched over the ball willing it to go in and then it drops in and Vern Lundquist booms out in your life have you seen anything like that I mean it doesn't get doing what I do I was like oh, I wanted to call that moment what a moment it was and yeah. it, it was crucial in Tiger winning in 20, uh, 2005 brilliant well said Gowie, yours? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's hard to beat. But I, I tell you what, the best shot I've ever seen, and, and that, that shot of Tigers, and, and every time I see the 16th green, I'm thinking, how in the hell did he do that? It, it is, you know, players go over there and practice that to see if they can actually keep the ball, you know, you know short of the hole. Not a chance. But mine is Phil's, and I'm not a massive Phil fan, but in 2010, I'm 13, Pine Straw, you know, he's got to go across the creek. He's got the he's got the big tree in front of him there. He's got a six iron in hand, and it is the best shot I've ever seen in golf. Not just at the Masters; <laughs> it's the best shot under pressure. He's standing on the pine straw, which you know I don't know if you've hit off pine straw much, but there's a lot of movement under your feet. Mm. He's hit the best shot. It was so risky to hit. He's he's in the lead there. Um, he goes on, hits that in, and um, you know goes on to win the Masters. And amazing, amazing shot. And when you walk past that, people stare at that and think, "How in the hell did he do that?" <laughs> it was in- incredible. And only a talent like Phil could do something like that. Probably him or John Daly could pull off a shot like that. Amazing. I'll, I'll go a, a slightly different tact on this, and I don't want to be a, a negative Nancy on any of this, but the moment that stands out for me, and I've watched a lot of Masters stuff on YouTube over the last few days, getting ready for the tournament. Jordan Spieth's brain fade, meltdown, choke, whatever you want to call it, in 2016. 
it stands out for me because it sums up what this tournament can do. This is a bloke who had won it before. So it's not like his hands started clamming up. He's been there and done it. The pressure was off. The monkey was off the back. He'd won a couple of majors by that stage. He's renowned as not only a great player, but such a composed individual, Jordan Spieth. Um, he's so mature and uh, with a remarkable ability to deal with pressure. Yet leading in 2016, he has a bogey on 10, a bogey on 11, and a quadruple bogey on the 12th, mm. where he puts mm. two in the water back-to-back. That just sums up that it, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are and how composed you are, this tournament can get you because it means so much, Gowie, as you said, to all of these guys. And it looks like it got the better of Jordan Spieth on that occasion and Danny Willett was you know, well-poised to, to go in and, and take the jacket. But for me, that just summed up how the Masters gets in your head like like nothing else. Well, it's that last nine holes, and that's what happened to Jordan Spieth. He hits that flare off 10, and he's way back up the hill, and he's feeling awkward. He gets on the next tee shot, he's feeling awkward, and he's uneasy by the time he gets to 12, without a doubt, and that's a tough tee shot. And I think it was a mental mistake for him and his caddy, Michael Grella, because he should not have been down there like that. They were too far down. He had that in-between and everyone's had it, whoever's played golf, that that in-between <laughs> distance that you, your knees are going to knock and you're not quite committed to the shot. Um, you know, and everybody else is chasing. So, you know, the back nine on Sunday, we always talk about it. But I think it's easier from coming from behind than leading going to the back nine of the Masters. So he had it all on his shoulders there. And, you know, when you're not quite right in golf, you're not quite right in golf. Yep. And it got in his head and, uh, yeah, he lost the tournament from there. Um Let's get into the Australians, boys. We've only got four there, but we've got four genuine players who it wouldn't surprise if any one of them was up there on the final afternoon on Sunday, such is the quality of them. One winner in Adam Scott, Jason Day, who we feel is another major in him. Mark Leishman has done so well at this tournament before, and Cam Smith, uh, the young phenom on the scene who had a great finish last year. Let's start with J-Day Gowie. Um, Where's he at for you? How well can he do this week? Well, you're 100% right. These are four really legitimate chances of winning, and they've all prepared, and every player prepares different for for this event. Now, Jason Day gets in here on Friday. He plays nine holes every day. On Sunday, uh, he went and played nine holes but just took out his wedges and his putters, so he walked the majority of the golf course and just done all the short game work around the course, which is – which is, you know, some days you just need to scramble. So he worked really hard at that. He's playing nine holes. He played nine holes this morning. Um, he'll get out there tomorrow morning, he'll play nine holes and then play the par three. So he's preparing a little bit different. He's trying to not, you know, get overawed with it. Um, he's just trying to ease his way into it and, and spend a bit of time with the family and, and take his mind off being that. But his back's good. He, he spent the week off in Ohio. Um, you know, everyone was saying he might make it here. He, his back's fine. He, he's ready to go. You're going to see him coming out of his boots. And he's played well here before. The golf course suits him. So expect him to be in it. And Cole Swatton said today, he's, he's coach of many years, and Caddy too, that um, he's putting his back to where it has been in the past. So that's a good thing for Jason Day. Yeah, it certainly is because when he was at the top of his game several seasons ago, I mean, he just made everything he looked at, didn't he? And and I think you're right about his back. I mean, he had that withdrawal from the, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, but he's played three events since then. Uh, there's been no signs of any back issues, to my knowledge, uh, off the back of that. So that little hiccup he had at Bay Hill seems to have gone. And, 
you know, obviously if you can get it going, uh, you finished tied eighth at the players, missed the cut at the Valspar, um, didn't light it up at the match play, but, um, you know, he knows his course and his track record around Augusta is pretty good, isn't it? Mm. It certainly is, and it just sort of suits his game. Like, that's the thing. He's, he's done a lot better with his with his distance control, uh, with his irons in the last couple of years. He's not quite hitting them as hard, so he's not spinning the ball as much. He's got Luke Reardon on the bag. Normally has Ricker um, at the Masters bag. He's changed it up this week because he, he goes between his two mates uh, caddying for him. So Luke's on the bag. Um, really cool, calm and collected type of caddy. Um, so I, I think that's a real good move for him this week. Just finally on, on J-Day, I was listening to um, Steve Elkington speak on a, on a podcast last week. And we know the Elk can shoot from the hip and he's controversial <laughs> and he's happy to leave it out there and he doesn't care what anyone says about him. But he questioned... Jason Day's long-term motivation. He wondered if he gets a bit too comfortable and when the back starts hurting, will he have the drive to push through that because he's won so much money already and he's got the one major under his belt. Is that a concern, do you think, for Jason Day moving forward, the desperation to to win more, Gowie? Oh, you know what? It, it, it's a valid conversation, but if you've watched Jason Day's career, it's gone up and down. It's a little, little bit like Michael Campbell. It is... Michael Campbell went to the great heights and then he fell off and then he, he didn't like where he was. So he worked his way back. And I think you'll see that with Jason Day. Unlike Adam Scott and, and uh, Mark Leishman, they're pretty much the same tone the mm. whole way through. I think you'll see highs and lows of Jace. He'll want to get back to number one. He'll push really hard. He's just had his third child. That you know That'll play a factor in it. But, you know... He likes the limelight. He, he likes to be in front of the cameras. He likes all that sort of stuff. And, I, you know, I think he's here for a long time. I don't think he's going to walk away from the game. So, um, you know, and he's good ambassador for the game. Good to hear. Adam Scott, come on Aussie, 2013. <laughs> one of the great moments in Australian sport. He hasn't won in three years, but he's won this before. So he goes there with a bit of pressure off and he's finished to, to last year was really strong, wasn't it? And he looks solid again this year. Warren, what do you make of, of Adam Scott's chances? Yeah, he's formed, um, I mean, finished second at the Farmers Insurance Open um, earlier this year um, on the West Coast. Uh, played Pebble Beach, finished tied 61st there. Um, tied 7th though at Riviera at the Genesis Open. So form line's there, 12th at the uh, the Players' Championship. He's been thereabouts. Um, so... Yeah, <laughs> If the, the magic is there, Adam Scott, I mean, that was the moment of Australian golf for the last 20 years. Since basically from the end of Greg Norman's retirement, um, there's nothing has come close to Adam Scott doing what he did back in 2013. It, I, that's one of those moments mm. that I will always remember where I was, yeah. what I was doing um, in regards to sporting big moments. I can tell you that morning was just, oh, <laughs> I was just out of my mind. I was on a plane for part of it <laughs> and coming back from Brisbane doing a, a commentary with the NRL and get off the plane. Where's he at? What's the score? We've got no reception on the plane. So he made our, uh, our year as far as golf was concerned back in 2013, Scotty. And, I think, you know, he's got, obviously, we know the swing is so good. Only question mark sometimes, obviously, is the putting Gowie and the wedges can be a little bit of a, a concern at times. He just doesn't seem to have those dialed in all the time. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But I can tell you from, from um, uh, I'm going to say from about August last year, things had changed. He's gone back to his, um, his brother-in-law uh, as his coach. Um, he spent 12 or just over 12 months um, away from him, went to try to do something else with his golf swing. We don't, no one knows why, but he went away from that. Um, and now he's back. And I'll tell you what, I interviewed him today, spent a bit of time with him. And I, I've got to say, I've interviewed him a lot over the years. 
but there's some fire in the belly. He hmm. can't wait. He he wants to win this golf tournament. He is pumped. He come out here. Um, he played 18 holes with his dad. One of the luxuries of being a a, um, a Masters champion. He plays with his dad on the Sunday uh, before the event. So they went out. Uh, him and Phil went out there. Phil piped one up the middle. Shot 80. Finished double double to shoot 80. Uh, his dad um, and didn't putt so well. I said, I said to Phil, I said, how did Adam hit it? He said he striped it, absolutely striped it. And I spoke to Adam, and he just wants it. He really, really wants it. He said, I, I need a second one. It was nice to get one, Brilliant. and that was a while ago. He has got so much fire in his belly. Like mid last year or Genesis event last year in LA, you know, I interviewed him there, and he, he just, he just didn't have it. You know, he, he was going to have his second child. You know, talking about somebody that could bucket loads of cash and whether that <laughs> had the motivation. I've got to say, back then, I don't know if he did have the motivation, but now he has. And um, somebody of that much ability and that ball striking ability, um, I, I tell you what, is he, is definitely a chance. He come up here two weeks ago and <laughs> bought his caddy uh, with him, John. Lamenti, who's a, who's a new caddy that started this year, come up here two weeks ago to play with him and show him how he wants to play this golf course. And this is how I play it. You need to caddy appropriately to that. We need to get the ball in the right areas. We need to get him in the tee, off the tee in the right areas. So his preparation has possibly been the best out of anything to the point of watching the weather for the last week and a half when he's been back in the Bahamas <laughs> where he lives. He's been watching the weather. So he got up here a little bit earlier. He had that round with his dad. He slipped out there earlier this morning for nine holes. He's not going to be at the golf course. He doesn't play the par three. He's just going to be there on Wednesday morning, play nine holes, and then he's out. So he's not actually at the golf course tomorrow. So here's a guy who's really thought a lot about it. Like he's gone on the weather map and and figured out when his practice rounds are going to be. He's too good looking to be a golf nerd, Adam Scott. (laughs) Like he can't look like that and be such a nerd about the game. Oh, uh, well, he's a nerd. Don't worry about that, without a doubt. He's and, James know, Bond he, in spikes, isn't he? Yeah. Without a doubt. But, you know, the, the golf swing that he's got. And that's all he takes. Adam, all he needs is a little bit of fire in his belly, and I think yeah, we'll, we'll see him thereabouts. And, and, Warren, you're right with his wedges. They haven't been great over the last couple of years especially. Um, but I'll tell you what, he, uh, he hit a beautiful one into nine today and nearly hold it, you know, with a wedge. Um, so, you know, I think the wedge game has been there. He hasn't won in three years. What a return it would be to the winner's list if he can do it again at Augusta. Mark Leishman, we love the leash. Every Aussie sports fan loves the leash. Um, And his record at the Masters is really good. Tied for fourth in 2013 when Adam Scott won it. There's that incredible image when he's punching, pumping his fist when he sees Adam Scott drop the part from further back. Uh, ninth last year, he was really in contention until late. And not only at the Masters, in majors he's done well. A three top six finishes at the Open. So the big stage doesn't overwhelm him, but he hasn't got over the line just yet. The leash. Uh, Smithy, what do you make of his chances at Augusta this year? Uh, I, I like it because he's such a good player at his best. And we saw that uh, at the end of last year when he won over there um, in Asia. Um, hasn't been quite as good since getting back to the mainland, although, you know, at, at the in Hawaii, he finished tied fourth and then tied third, first two events of the calendar year. Of course, the, the actual PGA Tour season, as we know, starts uh, at back in October when they uh, flip things over these days. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, he's starting to get a bit of form there, not tied ninth in the match play at the WGC in Austin um, just a couple of weeks ago. So... 
I really like the way he is building, and I think his game with his pass record at Augusta, uh, ninth last year, uh, tied fourth, obviously, when, he, when Scotty won back in 2013. Um, I like the way it's building for him. And if it does, if it's windy at all, and can get very windy at Augusta at this time of the year, as we've seen in past yeah. tournaments, well, that wind uh, knowledge from his days playing at <laughs> Warrnambool yeah. down there on the, uh, on the coast in Victoria might just come in handy this week, Paul. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, speaking to him today, he said that his golf game suits this golf course. His temperament suits this golf course. Um, his short game suits this golf course. There's no reason why he can't win around here. And um, his golf game has got better, and, and you're, you're spot on, Warren. Uh, the last few weeks, Dennis McDay made a quick uh, you know, um, flight over here, fixed up his setup. You know, his stance was too narrow. He's widened his stance a little bit. The ball fights come back. He's absolutely flush here because he, he's disappointed that he hasn't had a win this year. But he said he hasn't really played that bad. He said it just hasn't, you know, at, those weeks haven't gone his way. He feels absolutely superb this week. Um, if it gets windy, he's 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 the five to one favourite. He is the best win player I think in the world without a doubt. The, the way he controls his ball in the wind is amazing. I know Molinari's pretty good. Um, Tommy Fleetwood's pretty good in the wind. But I tell you what, Mark Leishman's you know, distance control, the way he fights his ball is incredible. And for Mark Leishman, to, to, which he doesn't do this very often, he was talking up his short game. He goes, geez, my short game's really good. He said, I, and I can really see the putts and I can see the lines. And he said, I chip real well around here. You know, he's talking it up and he's a warnable boy that normally doesn't talk it up. So <laughs> yeah. I think he's had enough of, you know, running second and third yeah. and, and being in contention and not winning. And I, I think he's got to that stage and um, it's not easy to win majors and you've got to prime for that one week. So, um, they're all priming for this week, and uh, you know Leish is right in there. He's if you're a Mark Leishman fan, which I am, hmm. and you want to have some money on, go ahead. Yeah, I get on him in every major because I figure he's going to win one <laughs> once, and I just lo- love the bloke. I just I want him to win one. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. And a bit of background on how good of a bloke this guy is. I, I was lucky enough to cover a couple of British Opens when I was based in Europe in 2013 at Royal Liverpool, where he was right up there and uh, and in the the top five. He he finished and. I was waiting for him to interview him after his final round. It was the year that McElroy won it. And there was a girl from the Golf Channel who I assure you is far more attractive than me. He was in front of me. <laughs> and she was in front and she said, Mark, can I have a chat? And he said, yeah, no worries. And as he was walking off to chat with her, he saw me in the corner of his eye and he said, oh, hang on, just wait there. And he came over and he goes, you look after the Aussies first. And I just went, what a champion. What a legend. Very good. That's the kind of bloke he is. He doesn't forget where he's come from, and he hasn't changed one bit, apparently, from the bloke who grew up in, in Warrnambool. So what a story that would be. The same for Cam Smith. Um, the new the new cab off the rank, the new bloke on the scene who's wowing us all. Another one who just fits the mould of this great Aussie kid with um, no airs or graces about him, um, but just plays the game beautifully. Gowie, how excited are you about what Cam Smith might be able to do at the Masters? Well, Cam Smith, you know, a fifth last year, he is he is on fire. Um, he's got his entourage from uh, from Queensland this week. Uh, and he's just hitting it great. I went and walked a few holes with him today, and if there's somebody that's really good with their irons, it's this man. Um, and he loves the golf course too. And you, you know, he's the two appearances here. He's made the cut twice and finished fifth. So, um, you know, he's got his coach over here, Grant Field, and I just I, I don't know if he's if he's mature enough. He played nine holes today on purpose with VJ Singh. He plays a lot with VJ Singh in Jacksonville to just pick VJ's brain. How do you play this? What do you do? 
I don't know if it's it's quite his year, but who knows? If he holds some putts, he shot 30 on the back nine, had a putt for 29 on the back nine last year. So he obviously likes the place. And that's, you know, no matter what, if you're playing Wednesday golf or, you know, the US Masters, if you like a hole and you like a golf course, you normally play well. So I'm not I'm not counting him out one bit, but, um, you know, I, I think there's a few four, few more years to mature, around, especially around this golf mm. course. Because all of them say, from Adam Scott to Leishman to Day to... Matt Kuchar, all of those guys already that they say there's a certain way you have to play this. There's a maturity you have to play this golf course to win around here. And um, you know, you know, Kim's an exceptional player. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I, it's going to be a tough one for him. And it all depends on how he starts. Yeah, get off to a good, get and you know, get a bit of luck with the draw because it's not like a normal major where you've got 156 in the field. There's only 87 players in the field this week, so you don't have like the afternoon and morning side of the draw um, where you really can, you know, be unlucky, say, at a British Open where, you know, the weather blows in and, and half the field gets really disadvantaged on the second morning or the first morning, whichever case it may be. Um, the Masters with only 87 in the field, but you still have a sort of a differential, obviously, between those out early and those at the tail of the mm. field. You just hope the Aussies get a little bit of luck with the draw, and if you're out late on day one, the winds don't get up and make it really tough compared to what it was like for, for those out earlier in the draw as well. Um, Cam, if he does um, contend this week, I'm sure at some stage, Gowie will be talking about his short game, maybe saving a couple of crucial pars down the stretch on Sunday, hopefully, because he does have a ridiculously good short game. Well, it's one of the best I've ever seen, and <laughs> I've known him since he's about 15 or 16, and, and I remember being at Kingston Heath, and he was there down there as an amateur playing the Australian Open and um, I'd been told about this kid and he was hitting these shots over a bunker off this tight lie and I was like, wow, wow, that's impressive. He just nipped him off and it's only got better and better and better. But what I really do like about this 25-year-old, he's got a plan, he's got a team around him and they're sticking to that plan. They don't go off, they don't divert. He, he's he's really strong-minded with that and um, you know, he, he likes to leave the golf course this week and nobody's allowed to talk about golf. He's, you, know, you can talk about the you know footy. You can talk about anything else. He's got some talking to do the about the Broncos. Let me tell you, there's some issues up yes, there. Well, they they need some forwards. I've already told him that today. I said, you got, you guys need some forwards. They're not going so well. <laughs> uh, unlike the Parramatta Eels forwards, by the way. Oh, but stop um, it, stop he, he 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 um uh, he loves his you know he loves his footy. He loves everything else. But he wants to be when he gets away from the golf course, especially this week, because there's so much hype, and you can burn yourself out on Wednesday you know, before you even get to the tea time on Thursday. So, you know, I think that's one of the things he's learnt from a lot of the players is don't burn yourself out too quick. What I like about him for a guy so young is just how mentally strong he seems. I mean, Augusta last year finishes fifth. That says a lot. But I watched him at the Australian PGA where he beat the leash down the stretch and the leash has been there and done it before. And Cam Smith just seemed to grind him down and he just had the edge and he never seemed flustered. Um, at one stage, it looked like he was out of it and he came back straight away and... And eventually the leash lost his cool a little bit. So, I mean, he's just so strong mentally and that'll hold him in, in good stead this week. So that's the Aussies. We'll give you our best Aussie selection later on when we do our picks. But, you know, there'll be a story that separates away from the rest of the main contenders throughout the Masters this year. And that is Tiger Woods, of course, the 14-time major champion who's looking for 18. What's the vibe like there around Tiger, Gowie? Does it seem like there's, yeah, a completely different storyline surrounding him? 
Yeah, no, there certainly is. There's a legitimate chance for Tiger Woods to win, you know, his 15th major, and and the players are, you know, backing him to do it. The players that played, uh, Tiger hasn't. Tiger's not the same Tiger. So he's going to have to win a different way, I think, because he 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 nearly win golf tournaments through intimidation. But the players aren't intimidated by him. Though. He has practice rounds with Justin Thomas and all the young guys, so they're not so intimidated by. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is going to have to win it, you know, with his putter around uh, this golf course this week. He, he hasn't been putting that great. Um, you know, supposedly the, the word in the street is that he, he's fixed his putting up. He's all ready to go because this place will absolutely nail you if you're not, you know, really on song with your with your putting. So, but the vibe is that, is that he's got a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament. And, um, you know, we, he's done it four times before. There's no reason why he can't do it a fifth time. And I'll tell you what, when Tiger's in the field and he's playing this event, and I was here last year when he when he rocked up, the place is just electric. <laughs> it's a bit like the shark in the day, you know, when, when he beat an Australian Open or Australian PGA Championships. It'd just be electric when he was in the field. And it's the same with Tiger. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of support out there. Everybody wants to see him win his 15th major. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so – I watched him today hit some shots – and, you know, I just don't think it's quite right. So I, I wouldn't be putting my money on Tiger Woods this week. If he does do it, Warren, and, and I tend to agree with, with Gowie, he'd know more than me, but it might be a bit too much for him right now. But if he does do it, where do you think it would rank in terms of sports great achievements? Um, I think we got a bit, a bit of a taste of that, you know, last year when he won the Tour Championship and those scenes with the fans coming up the fairway. I mean, any time Tiger's in contention... It, you know, if, if they had a, you've got a Richter scale for golf around the world, anytime Tiger is thereabouts around the lead, the needle is jumping. And in this, these days with social media, people are on Twitter. Are you watching Tiger? Have a look at this. This is, I mean, he, he is still the big draw card in the oh, yeah. game. And if you, you're a promoter of a tournament, doesn't matter where it is in the world, um, if you want to, again, make that needle move as far as reaction and uh, publicity in regards to your event, the the man you can go to still, doesn't matter what he's doing as far as his game is concerned, is one Tiger Woods. And if he is thereabouts on Saturday or Sunday this weekend, my goodness. I mean, the, the numbers will be massive for the broadcasters in the US, quite obviously. They'll be big for us here yep. in, the, in Australia as well because, you know, he transcends the game and it has done for 20 years now. Plus, um, he is b- at times bigger than the sport itself. And that is still the case when he's thereabouts. And I've got no doubt he'll be there at some stage. He, and he just has that, that will to win and that he just that never-say-die attitude. And I think he just knowing the place, he'll find a way to get it done. Mm. Um, the par fives, um, they're, they're reachable for all of them now. Um, he, he'll only need to make a, an eagle somewhere and gets the noise going and it you know, reverberates around the pine trees. And the, <laughs> obviously, oh, that, that, there's a roar that's a, and there's a... There's a roar, then there's a tiger roar. Yeah. And once you hear those tiger roars and gets his <laughs> blood pumping as well, it will only take one shot maybe and it's game on, baby. And I've got no doubt at some stage we'll be talking about tiger being a chance. How difficult, Gowie, considering his back surgery that he had a, a couple of years ago, spinal fusion surgery, can you put into context from a golfing point of view how difficult that is to come back from and potentially win another major? Oh, huge! You know, he 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 possibly didn't think uh, that he was ever going to play again. And I was at the, 
oh, geez, the President's Cup a couple of years ago in New York, and he was sitting there as a um, ca- captain's assistant, and they asked him that question, when will you play again? He goes, I might never play again. And there was just silence in the media centre. <laughs> You're not coming back to play golf again? Like, it, he's held every everybody's jobs up, including mine, for many, many years. <laughs> um, and there was that silence of, oh, no, he possibly couldn't be back. And he didn't know at that stage whether he would be back, whether it would be successful. He had a lot of work to do, and he's, he's – you know, one thing I do know about Tiger Woods is – you know, the work ethic that he showed. He, he's not the most gifted player, by the way. You know, Phil Mickelson, John Daly, Ernie Earls are probably more naturally gifted than Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has just been a, you know, just a hard worker and he's, his attention to detail is better than most. So um, he deserves anything he, that comes at him. And, uh, you know, it was a big effort just to get back to playing on tour and then nearly winning, you know, the... You know, the PGA Championships, he ran second there with Adam Scott against uh, Brooks Kepka, and then going on to win the, you know, the Tour Champs was was quite amazing. So 80th win on the Tour. He's made $116 million US dollars. Do you think he's happy? <laughs> well, that's on course, you know. like <laughs> Multiply that by any number you care to yeah. think of off the course, isn't it? It's exactly amazing right. stuff. Exactly right. He's, he's um, kept Nike alive for quite some time. Yeah. Gave a little bit away in the divorce, of course, but um, I'm sure he's still got, uh, got plenty of Tiger Woods. And there's there's no doubting the drive in the man, and that, that's, uh, you know, that's the amazing point. And, the, and you hear golfers say when they're up against Tiger, it feels like they're up against something completely different to the others. When it comes to winning, he's just got um, the ability to – to put the foot on and make them feel uncomfortable. Mm. And uh, the ruthlessness that he possesses, that's what separates him from the rest and what has done for, for so many years. But the contenders, I mean, Gary, you've been following this tournament for a long time, Warren, you too. Of course, there are always a host of big names. But there's something about this year, I don't know what it is, it just seems like there are so many who can take it out, so many that you can make a serious case for. McElroy, Dustin Johnson, the new number one in Justin Rose, John Rahm, Spieth, Fowler, who's due to win one at some stage, surely, Justin Thomas, who's due for another one, Kepka, who's amazing in the majors, Molinari, who's a phenomenon, DeChambeau, Tommy Fleetwood, and there are so many more. Gowie, can you remember a year where you've had so many contenders? Oh, not really, but that's how golf has gone. The USPGA Tour has gone that way in the last couple of years. Since Tiger has been away from the game and him and Phil sort of dominated for that time and then mm. Mickelson and a few others were sitting underneath him, um, um, Ernie Earls, all those sort of guys, the, the, the depth is incredible now. Like on the US Tour, you, when I played it, I reckon there was only 20 to 25 guys who could win each week. Hmm. I think there's 80 to 90 players that can win each week. And the depth at the top is quite amazing. You know, from Justin Rose, who goes back and forth to number one, John Ram, Spieth, Fowler, all of them there, Malinari, Fleetwood, how good's he? Yeah. Um, they're all the, the, the top lot of players that they can win at any time. So it's come into this, you know, into this first major. They all want it really bad. And I can tell you that, there's that many out there that want a foreigner to win this, you know, one of the English guys or someone like that. They actually, Augusta National wouldn't mind an Asian player to win, but there's that many. Hideki Matsuyama, he's got a good golf game around here. I've, I've never seen so many players that can win this week, and it's, but it's about getting your week. It's about getting every green light on the way to the golf course. It's got to be your week, and you've got to be on. Yeah, you're right about the depth, aren't you? And that was borne out just last week. By Corey Connors, who isn't even good enough to get into the event last week at Texas, the, the Valero Texas Open, um, with his ranking, so has to go to Monday qualifying, gets through in a playoff 
six players going for one spot in the playoff, uh, qualifies, gets that spot, and then wins the event and, as a result, is teeing it up in Augusta this week. So there's a guy who came from Monday qualifying to win on the PGA Tour. Only the fifth time it's happened in the last 40 years. And here he is in the Masters. And if he was up there at some stage this week, it wouldn't surprise, given the depth. Well, the last four winners are four-time major winners, aren't they, Gowie? Um, Reed, yeah. Spieth, um, and a couple others. At- Willett. Willett, of course. First-time yep. major winners at Augusta. I mean, we speak about how daunting this tournament is, but, you know, guys can pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. We, and there's one we haven't mentioned, Justin Thomas, who yeah. I reckon is one of the best players on the on the planet. And, um, you know, he's been playing a lot with Tiger Woods in the last year or so, sucking him of all information. He had a practice round with him and Freddie Couples on uh, on Monday – no, Sunday, sorry. So they – you know, there's that many of them that the, the first-timers, um, you know, there's a big chance there'll be another first-timer out there without a doubt. And, you know, John Ram, well, he, he he was in contention last year, um, you know, with it. So they're, they're not scared. They're, without a doubt, once upon a time, Tiger would scare the whole field. And if you've seen Tiger, a bit like Jack when he was on the leaderboard, when Norman in Australia and the Australian Masters was on the leaderboard, everyone would sort of start shaking a bit. It's not the case anymore. They're, they're all very comfortable with Tiger on the board and Phil and Ernie and all that sort of stuff. You know, they all can win. It's it's quite amazing. So, it's, um, you know, lucky I'm not much of a gambler because it, it's hard to put money on this week. Yeah. yeah okay. We're not going to go through all the contenders because it is so difficult um, and we'll give away our picks if we do. So let's get straight into the picks and that gives some insight as to as to why we think these individuals um, will be right up there when the whips are cracking on Sunday afternoon. Warren Smith, your three picks to win the Masters this year. Not in. I'll go in reverse order, in fact. I'll start with Bryson DeChambeau, okay. who um, earlier this year was just on fire uh, on the European Tour in particular. Um, won twice. Uh, Paul Casey, uh, having won just again recently, uh, along with Molinari and McElroy. I've got Paul Casey in my trifecta as well. But Roars. Rory McIlroy is my pick. Now, I know he's the favourite, and he's probably, you know, $8.50 or thereabouts to win the event this week. It's not going out on a long limb saying that Rory will contend and Rory will win. But I think, I just think he'll make amends for that mischance he had uh, all the way back in 2011 when all those Aussies, uh, Leachman and Scott, Jason Day were there. They were a chance um, to win, as it turns out. Um, Charles Schwartz will birdie the last four holes in succession. He won, while Rory, who led by four going into the final round, shot an 80 and absolutely collapsed. He hit that one out of bounds off the 10th tee down the left-hand side in the cabins. Uh, It was coming well unravelled by that stage, and he's had other chances quite obviously in recent times, but I just think uh, history finally will say, yes, Rory, you can complete the Grand Slam, the career Grand Slam, and add the Masters to the Open, the US Open and the US PGA. He said recently in the last week or so, he said, I'm such a fan and a historian of the game that sometimes I think it works against me. Interesting. Because he knows the history. Yeah. He knows what it means and he knows what it's like. He says he's thought about it. He's, he's thought if if I won this event, I know who will be at that table at the <laughs> Champions Dinner 
the following year. All, and it's it's like the Hall of Fame. It's it's like going to Cooperstown for baseballers in Upper State New York. I mean, it's, it's that is what this event is like. The history of the game can be centred through all the winners, through Nicholas and obviously Arnold Palmer mm. and Nick Faldo. Uh, just reel them off. It's a who's who of yeah. the champions of the game. And he knows that those are still alive will be there at that <laughs> dinner. And that has weighed him down in the past. And, and it, I'm sure at times he's thought about that on Sundays at Augusta. But I just think, you know, uh, having had a chance again last year, he was in the final group with Patrick Reed, end up shooting 74 while Reed shot a 71 and won pretty comfortably in the end. But, you know, I just think that experience, having been there a couple of times, Rory, if he gives himself a chance, will say, okay enough's enough, yeah. it's time to get this done. Shambo, Paul Casey and Rory McIlroy for Warren Smith. Paul Gow, your three picks. Okay, I'm going to go uh, back to front two. I'm going to go uh, Brent Snedeker. Uh, Interesting. Louis, Oost- yeah, Louis Oosthausen. Uh, Sneds, he's matured now. We, you know, went back in the day when he when he led this golf tournament and fell apart and cried on national television. <laughs> um, you know, he wanted it really bad. He's matured a lot. He, he's really good with his irons. Um, he's one of the best putters on the planet. Love him. And Louis Oosthausen, if, if he hasn't got the prettiest golf swing <laughs> I've ever seen other than Adam Scott's, well, I'm not here. It's, uh, and he's playing well. He's, he's back into playing well, hitting a lot of good shots, and he's holding putts. So, you know, he's at any old odds. He's up in the hundreds without a doubt. But, you know, was I'm with you, mate. I, I'm, I'm with McElroy all day. And, and the reason why, he's the best player on the planet. He's the best golfer that I've seen since Tiger Woods. He hits the best iron shots. He drives the ball better than anyone else. All he's got to do is get his putting together, and he's shown that. And his performances this year have already, you know, winning the Players' Championships. He controls his ball exceptionally well. And there's one thing in golf. You're either going to be really, really smart or really, really dumb. And McElroy's really, really smart. He he's on the smart spectrum side. And... He's figured this out. This is how I want to play. I went and walked and watched him play today. He played with Dustin Johnson. And I'll tell you what, Dustin Johnson should have been carrying McElroy's bag. That's how good he hit the ball. He kept hitting it to five feet, eight feet, five feet. And you're like, wow, this was just – and we're just repeating that. He did not hit a bad shot in any of the shots I've seen. Um, and, you know, he, he's just matured himself. He's been through a, a tough couple of years where he's, you know, he's had club changes. He's had ball changes. He's had – um, a, a, a girlfriend breakup. He's he's now got married. Everything's settled down for him. It, it's all now settled down. Now he can go and play golf, and he's been doing that exceptionally well this year. I think yeah, last year's experience of of being in there in the final group and not winning, but seeing what you know what it's about. Um, yeah, he's come of age. He's twenty nine years of age, and I will tell you what, if he starts winning a bit like David Deval, if he starts winning majors, he's already won four. Keep in mm-hmm. mind. If he starts winning, I think he can get to 10. He's the best player on the planet. So that's why I'm going with McElroy. Snedeker, Ustaisen and McElroy for Paul Gow. My three are slightly bigger names. You've gone for, for slightly more outsiders, which I like. But I'm going John Rahm as my third pick. Um, I, you know, fourth last year, that's a really good form line at the tournament. I just think he's a fighter. He just seems to will himself, Gary. Might not be the prettiest golfer out there, might have a little bit of a belly, but he seems to will himself into tournaments. Obviously, crazy talent. He loves the fight, doesn't but he? But he does. He just oh, seems to have that real drive, the Spaniard. Dan, the only thing I'll say, he's got a, uh, that gets him sometimes, he's got a chip on his shoulder yeah. and, it, and it gets stuck there and it can't get off. And it, it, it hampered Sergio Garcia 
for a majority of his career until he won Augusta a few years ago. That chip on the shoulder, they've got that that Spanish fire in them. But, you know, if he can get rid of that, I'll tell you what, he's a talent. Yeah. He's certainly a talent. Only 24. I think he's going to definitely win a major at some stage. I think he might be amongst it this year. I think Spieth will be right there. His form's good. Did well at the Texas Open. He's won it before. The course suits him. His putting, as we know, is unbelievable. Seems to be back in some decent form. So Spieth's one of my picks. And then McElroy as well. I agree with you. I don't know how you can wow. go past him when it comes to selecting. We've, got, we've all got him in. His form all is ridiculous. Three. Seven top ten. And finishes in his last seven tour. I mean, that's, that's crazy form line going yeah. into a tournament where the course suits him so well. He hits it so long. He's so accurate. Um, I love the insight on that. Perhaps he overthinks it too much yeah. as a golf as a golf historian. But you know, he's won majors before. I agree with you. I don't see how you can go past McElroy when it comes to to making picks. There's there's no case you can make against him. Hey, Gowie. Oh, there's not. And just watching for his preparation this week and, um, you know, talking to a lot of the guys, it, it is all about your preparation. And he's been just spot on from playing, the, you know, the, winning the Players' Championships and managing his time to get to here, to be ready to go on that tee on Thursday morning is, is a real key. The preparation is 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 just the most important thing. And I think he's got it down pat. He's 29 years of age. He's matured. You know, we've seen him from, you know, we've seen him from, I think he came to the Australian Masters when he was 16 years <laughs> of age. So we, we've watched him all. And, um, you know, he's the, he's, he's the only one out there. I see Brooks Kepker, I see all those players. He's the only one in the field other than Tiger Woods that really impresses me. So, um, you know, it's amazing how he can hit the ball. Okay. We haven't picked an Aussie to win it, so who's the best Aussie for you, Warren? I'm going to say Adam Scott. I really like what Gowie was saying about his preparation this year and the way he's approached it, and really the focus has been on Augusta and this week. And, um, you know, his dad, I'm sure his dad's been over there pretty much every year that he plays in it, but I remember the first person he went to see after he embraced... uh, Stevie Williams on the on the tenth green there, and he won the playoff against Angel Cabrera, and having, having shaken hands with Cabrera, he, he, he grabbed his dad. And that hug, that moment was a great moment, and I'd love to see him hugging his dad <laughs> on Monday morning our time next week as well. That would be sensational. Your best Aussie, Gowie. Uh, I'm going to go with Lee. You know, I'm a, it's a toss up for me for, for uh, Scotty or him. Um, but you know, Leash is—I think he's just playing his way into into form. You know, with his you know coach from a couple of weeks ago, to to the way that you know he doesn't t- normally talk it up. So today, speaking to him, I really liked how he put a positive spin on his on, on his game. Not he's normally nice and humble about everything he does, but not today. He was you know he wants it really bad. So I just think he's got the game. And and as Warren said earlier, if it gets windy, well, mm. he's a massive chance. I'm with you on the leash. Not much more to add. I just think the course, he loves it. It's set up well for him and uh, he seems primed for a really big tournament. So the leash as well for me when it comes to the best Aussie. You've just got a man crush. I do. He does. It's unashamed. Loves the leash. It's absolutely unashamed. Um, I do like the man. So I hope he has a big tournament. A smoky, boys. Um, I'll go first on this one. I've got a couple. Tony Finau's not really a smoky. Top 10 last year in the Masters. Got a really good record in majors. He's probably just above smoky level, but I think he'll win one. Um, a genuine smoky for mine is Kevin Kisner. He's uh-huh. made the cut. In his last three Masters, so he's, he's set up pretty well for a good run. Won the match play. I know it's a different format, but I think his form line is pretty good. I think Kevin Kisner is uh, a fairly good smoky option. Warren? What about this one? He's only played the one Masters. It was last year. He finished tied for 32nd. 
But I think Lee Hao Tong or Hao Tong Lee, depending on how you want to say it, mm. I think Lee Hao Tong can potentially be there around about. Um, great form on the European Tour and in Asia as well. Hasn't really backed that up. We haven't seen the best of him on the US PGA Tour. And his results again this year, a bit mixed on the US Tour, the events he's played, but I really like his game. He's got so much game, smashes the ball, got to be long at Augusta to win. And I think he's a, he's a whatever price he is, he'll be a good price. Good value. Gowie? Yeah, no, I tell you what was he is a he's a dynamite player without a doubt. Um, um, but I, I like uh, Xander Shoffley. Um, you know, he hasn't played there much, but he's a winner. He's won the FedEx Cup before. Um, it, it, you know, he just flies under the radar all day, and I don't know why because he's such a good player and he he's got performances on the board and he's won it on a big stage. He hasn't won a major. Um, he's only a young fellow. His dad coaches him. Um, yeah, he could have a good week, but it's it's whoever's week it is. Like you, everything has to go your way, and uh, you never know. But um, you know, he's uh, he's definitely one of the up and comers. That's for sure. We should touch on um, as just to finish last year's champion as well, Patrick Reed. Um, he's not right up there. His form is, hasn't been great, but we know how good of a player he is. The champions' dinner for those interested. He's put on the menu some ribeye. Mac and cheese and some cream spinach. It Mac. sounds like a pretty good dinner. A Patrick Reed-type dinner. Mac and cheese. Um, that says it all, doesn't it? It does. But for a guy who wants to eat mac and cheese and cream spinach at the Champions Dinner, he's lost a lot of weight, Gowie, which is interesting. When I saw him last night on the range um, and I saw how much weight he's lost, I wondered, is that a bit of a concern? Because remember Craig Parry losing a lot of weight and it affected his game a bit because his swing all of a sudden became very different. Can it be a, a worry for someone when they lose weight and their swing all of a sudden changes around the body? Yeah, I don't think it's a, a massive concern for um, Patrick Reed, but this, this is some insight. I actually walked around at the, the women's uh, event with the one of his golf coaches. He's currently got four golf coaches. <laughs> That's a real worry for me. He's wow. taken on David Ledbetter uh, only a few weeks ago, um, and he, he just wanted a second opinion. He's had a long-time coach, and then he had an Australian guy, Peter Murphy, who he works with too. So he's got four coaches. So this week he's got Ledbetter here. He's only been working with him for two weeks formerly known as um, lead poisoning because sometimes he can destroy guys' golf swing. So I'm actually going to back him to miss the cut this week. I think he's got no chance. If you're going to go in there with four golf coaches and four different opinions, <laughs> geez, it's hard to play this game. Yeah, he's a complicated guy, an intriguing guy. The stories about his family and his parents not talking to his wife and all that are, are fascinating. Um, but he managed to put that all aside and win the Masters last year. So you can never discount a man of, uh, of that quality. Uh, don't forget this podcast is brought to you by Biogland Vitamins and Supplements. Not just lozenges was. Discover the Biogland difference <laughs> by heading to biogland.com.au, Australia's trusted experts in natural health. The big thank you to Biogland for sponsoring this podcast and sponsoring the Masters on Fox Sports Channel 505. It is spectacular to watch. And Paul Gow will be front and centre for Fox Sports. He'll be delivering reports on Fox Sports News as well. Make sure you watch those. You'll have Ben Eichen alongside you, Gowie. We're very jealous. Oh, yeah. You must be excited for the week. Yeah, can't wait. The, the the great Ben Eichen, he's brought across, how about this, two Queensland jumpers, one with Woods on the back for Tiger Woods that he's going to give to him if he gets a chance, and of the other one with has. Jason Day. Oh, so, my goodness. Um, I'm like, you are kidding me. If I get a chance, I'm going to throw it up under the tree so, you know, he can't get it. So There's every know, chance Woods. he'll have Tiger Woods playing for Queensland because at some stage <laughs> Tiger's been to Queensland, and that's all you need to qualify to play for Queensland. He'll rope him in as well. 
Oh, without a doubt. So, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with him this week. He, he gets in here uh, tonight. Um, we're going to start some work tomorrow, and you'll see it all on uh, Fox Sports News. Fantastic. Yeah, we might enjoy it. Um, these are, are moments to cherish, of course, no matter how close you've been. And you've played in majors yourself, but uh, I'm sure you're aware these are moments to cherish. So enjoy it. We look forward to watching your work. Thanks so much for joining us from Augusta, mate. And, uh, yeah, soak it all in, and hopefully an Aussie gets up. Thanks, Gowie. Yeah. Fingers crossed, Aussies to win. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Paul. Warren, thanks so much to you. My Um, pleasure, mate. Enjoy it. I hope everyone listening enjoyed it. All the golf nerds out there, it's the week for all of us to uh, to save, and there's plenty out there, and and more than just golf nerds. I think the general sports fan loves the Masters, and Fox Sports caters for the general sports fan better than anyone. We hope you enjoyed the podcast to uh, to just whet the appetite. Enjoy the week, mate. Take it all in. I've got the alarm set already. I can't (laughs) wait. Same with me. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Phil Pryor for putting it together. A special Masters podcast. Enjoy the best tournament in golf on Fox Sports this week.